You are Locked On Browns, your daily Cleveland Browns podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good evening, everybody. Locked On Browns, as always, with your host, Jeff Floyd, here, your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. Uh, we're going to continue with Combine Preview. Um, we've done the linebackers on the defensive side of the ball. We're going to get the uh, last remaining one on the offensive side of the ball. We're going to get that out to you by tomorrow night for the offensive line and the, the hog mollies, if you will. But tonight we're going to do defensive line, defensive ends. Um, good group, both sides. Uh, deep on both sides. Pete Smith going to join me here to break this all down. Um, I guess, look, and obviously, Pete, we've talked about this a lot. There's... There's room here, and there's a room for a lot of bodies, whether they come from free agency, whether they come through trades, whether they come through the draft. Uh, assistance is going to be needed here at both these positions. Uh, I guess we'll kick it off with the interior side of the ball. Um, first, what I'll go with is Ed Oliver measures in at such and such, and all of this nonsense stops, and he's regarded as a top five player. Like he should be. I mean, I think I think 280 will change a lot. I think I think this idea that he's you know going to live in the 270s has 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 lowered the bar so much that we're not even thinking about 290 anymore. Like the, it it has changed where OK is. Uh, I don't know if he'll fix. You know, I think he's a t- he's certainly worth the top five pick, but. Uh, you know the the biggest landing spot I have for him, you know, would be Tampa, but that's in the event that they get rid of Gerald McCoy. So it's it's I don't know how much of this is really in his control anymore. It's more about factors outside of him. Uh, and then you know, once you get to the bottom half of the top ten and stuff, it, it could get interesting. That uh teams like and then into the teens the teams like atlanta and those those type that need defensive tackle just like the browns do or even a team like buffalo could snatch them up uh that's certainly where it get interesting but uh i think again we we mentioned this the other day i think one way or the other he will be over 280 whether that's a bunch of water weight that he just loses immediately or legitimately i mean uh, you know, I don't ha- have the sense that he- if he's been able to train for the last few months that he's not going to be heavier. So I think he will be fine. Well, I think the thing, and and he might be in the rare occasion, you know, there's a lot of guys where it's, you know, I wanted to be at a low weight to test well. He's going to test well regardless. So it, it's probably not going to hurt him if he comes in, you know, and like we talked about, a little water weighted up, a little juiced up, not that type of juice, guys. Don't go that route. Um, so I don't, that may not be an issue for him in that respect. I mean, he can come in a little heavier, even if it was 285, he's still probably going to test his butt off and it, there's just no way around it. And look, the guys are just a freak. So maybe the workouts will maybe relight the lamp for a lot of these people who've been looking to, uh, you know, drag him here a little bit. On the interior, um, look, uh, a lot of guys here. Uh, yeah, I'll start right off the bat here, but you can throw some names in here. Your guy, Zach Allen from Boston College. Um, one of the things I do like is he brings a little bit of everything to the table. Right. Uh, might, not be the, might not be the event for him, though. <laughs> it's hard to say because, you know, there's mixed opinions. Uh, you know, like uh, Charles McDonald, you know, guys with setting the edge and, and, and does work at various outlets. Yep. Uh, you know, he – he loves him. He thinks he's going to test really well. Uh, there are other people who think he's going to be really, really slow. You know, I, I, I'm not sure what to expect. I, 
part of me almost wonders if he's going to have a slow 40 and everybody's going to be like, oh, of course, he's good. And then when we get to like his agility stuff, he's going to be a lot better. Uh, He's just, you know, he, he might be the unsexy guy who's just really, really good football player that doesn't have those eye popping physical, uh, numbers that people drool over that somehow may still go in the first round ultimately because teams want what he brings to the table, but maybe he's a guy who slips. The thing is, you know, I, I, when I watch him, I, I get a Cameron Jordan vibe out of him and, you know, he had a similar production profile coming out of college. Uh, he fell at, at, you know, going into that draft, you know, a lot of people talked about him being a top 10 prospect and then he quote unquote fell to like 24 or whatever it was to go to the saints. And then he proved he was a top 10, what should have been a top 10 pick in that draft. Um, I'll, I'll be curious. That's what I'm going to be curious on. Whenever Zach Allen tests, I'm going to sort of get a, get a look at his numbers versus Cam Jordan and see where those, those come out. The thing that makes him interesting is he could be a base end, you know, that old school, you know, take away the run. He's a phenomenal run player who can kick inside on pass downs, you know, and, and may not be a super exciting pass rusher uh, in that he's not a guy who's going to just beat a guy off the ball with some, you know, great speed move or, you know, some, some bending the edge type thing, but he's a guy who just wins with power uh, fundamentals and those type things. And if, he he may be boring in some respects to Browns fans just because they may look at him and not necessarily unfairly for the people who are out on Emmanuel Ogba, but maybe that type of player. Personally, I still like him. I think he's going to, you know, I'm just hoping he has a healthy year. But those, you know, those guys are, you know, those big body guys hang around and can be really good football players. Well, and the thing with Ogba, though, is even if you say, hey, look, we're going to move him a little further down the trough, because we have some concerns about you know, whether or not we can see him at 100%. And the other thing is to see him play at a sustainable amount at 100%. Is he an improved player from you know he, when he first started here in Cleveland, which we anticipated was going to be that route? But you know, if you've got to move him a little bit down further down the trough, I mean, I understand it. It's about winning now, and you know, he's got things he's got to prove. So it doesn't mean you know, I, in my opinion, he doesn't have to be out. But certainly, you know, you can start to double up and triple up the amount of defensive linemen that you're actually going to play as opposed to running guys into the ground, which is what we saw last year. Um, now, we're going to roll on. Now, um, this uh, here, uh, Rashawn Gary, Michigan, we've talked about this guy ad nauseum, Pete. Hopefully, after this weekend, we're going to finally understand because everybody, he's going to test through the roof. Okay, but are these testing numbers going to finally answer what exactly he is? Is he a defensive end? Do you want him in the interior? Are we hopefully going to have the, the answers to this, Pete, come Sunday night? That's a good question. You know who he reminds me of in terms of like this build-up, this hype on the combine? You remember Michael Johnson coming out of Georgia Tech? 100%. And, and there's tape of him getting his ass beat down the field by tight ends. And then it was, you know, his agent and representatives were basically like, don't worry about it. He's going to absolutely crush the combine. Like that... It has that sort of vibe to me, and it's not to say that Rashawn Gary doesn't have good tape. He does. He's just really raw. Uh, you're not sure what his best position is. Personally, I think he's better at three tech, but he wants to be a defensive end because you know, uh, convinced he's himself. 
Yes, that's part of it, although even that's a little shaky if you're a really good defensive tech. But because of you know how his career sort of ended, it was an injury-plagued final year. He never really had that that year that Michigan was expecting when they got him. He was always a pretty good player that you were sort of waiting for You know that year where he was going to pop, and it really never happened. So everything's sort of been put into this – you know he's going to absolutely destroy the combine and all this stuff, and and you feel like there's this sense that if he doesn't absolutely like test better than everybody else in his position group, you know, accounting for his weight, that it's almost going to be a disappointment, which is unfortunate because that's not really fair. But that's just how much has been put on him. I mean, you have all these people who are basically saying the combine's going to take care of this to the point where he's going to be a top four top five maybe a top 10 pick you know if he gets that far down in the down the order that's you know that's one way to go about it i don't know if that's you know a smart (laughs) play because it's very easy to you know just wake up and not have you know not have your best and all of a sudden everybody sit sitting there going what happened but this is this is the way they're playing it and and i hope for his sake he, he does as well as they they're they're talking. He will. We're gonna. That's it. I mean, there's there's you know really no more excuses because you know obviously the pro day numbers gonna come or with a little bit bigger of a mi- uh, microscope. Uh, another guy here. Um, and we've kind of had these same discussions. Charles Amena, who out of Texas. Right. So this is one of like you know twenty or twenty five prospects where you're sitting there going, you know, I, I really want to see what this guy actually weighs in at. Uh, you know, because he's one of these guys. He's in sort of that almost like a mid midway between weight, you know, that two seventy five area where you're going. You, know, you have it's high enough where you're sitting there going, well, maybe I could you know add ten pounds. He could be a defensive tackle because that's really where he projects well. You know, he could lose five to ten pounds and be like a lighter, faster defensive end. You know, he's in that sense, he's sort of like a big ball of clay, and and you're always curious with these guys if you know if they did something to like, try to tip the scale one way or the other because they think that's going to help them in testing and and getting them a, a feel for for what you know teams want them to do, or did he just basically say this is who I am? I'm just going to get as good as I am at this uh, at this particular weight, maximize my ability, and then you know we'll see what happens when I get to a team that. In, in, in terms of Amenahu, I have a feeling it's going to be that last one. Uh, he's interesting, though, because I don't think he's a great defensive end. He's really suited to play, you know, that odd front. Like, he would be great for a team like Houston if if they lose yep. uh, Jadevian Clowney. Like, he's perfect for that type of system. Or even still bring somebody in where you're starting to groom. Because, I mean, look, both those guys have injury histories. So, you know, maybe it's about time to find, you know, where you're not going to have a major drop-off if you lose one of those guys. Uh, a couple of these darlings who did uh, Shrine Bowl, did Senior Bowl, Dale and Mack, and this is he, he's going to continue to just be my favorite story of the defensive line class in Kalen Saunders. Well, I mean, this is a big – Kalen Saunders is another one. This is big because, you know, there are people, uh, you know, who, who love him, love his tape, love some of the things they've seen on tape and have sort of extrapolated that he's going to be some freaky, freaky athlete. Uh you know, I have concerns about his production, but certainly, you know, a good day for him would help. Uh, he's another one of these guys where there's a lot to like about him, but you're you're not 
hundred percent sure that he's gonna, you know, it's gonna be a quick transition or do the backflips you know, transition to good testing numbers. Sure, sure. <laughs> is he gonna be, you know, is this the jumping out of the pool uh, situation this year? You know, you're you're just not sure with, you know, how good that's gonna be. But again, he had, you know, this. In some ways, this almost feels like an easy week compared to what he did during the Senior Bowl. Right. Uh, just in terms of what he has to deal with, but uh, so, you know, I, I, he seems like a, a good guy in terms of being able to roll with the punches and, and should be able to have a good week. Yeah, and then Dalen Mack, Texas A and M. Here's one, uh, you know, not so much. Then came on later in his career and showed well through the All Star circuit. Good. Good. Uh, good solid nose uh prospect uh you know and and i'm a big believer that the browns need one of those uh personally i'd like them to sign mike pinnell right now please Uh, please 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 but they have to have to have to have to get somebody to take some of the the load off of uh off of larry ogunjobi and and you know you know it's a running joke to poke fun at, at at danny shelton and being inactive in some of the games for the patriots but Say what you want. The Browns missed that presence, and when they brought in Carl Davis, he played 31 snaps all year. That was a complete misfire. Uh, you know, they let go of Jimmy Meter, and then Danny Shelton. You know, whatever you want to say about his year, that presence was missed, and, and it caused Larry Ogunjobi to get worse and worse over the season because he's overused and ultimately injured. They need a guy like that. If it's Dalen Mack, you know, he, he, he like you said, he's he's inconsistent. But he's been productive enough that he could be a nice starting nose step guy, and and he's one of those where it feels like you put the you put the carrot out in front of him, he's going to have a good 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 week. I feel like you know he's going to be a guy like he he had a good senior bowl. I have a feeling he's going to have a good week because you, you give him that little bit of incentive. I think he's going to go go and 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 do well for himself. Yeah, and like sometimes, you know, and you get a lot of guys through this process where you know they see the you know see the dangling carrot and they just go for it, and it's it just becomes a different thing. And you know, with Mac and look, I mean, we need interior guys here. There's no doubt about it. And so, put together another showing, put yourself on the radar for all 32 teams. Go ahead and finish it. You know, you like to see a guy have a positive draft cycle every step of the way. Dalen Mac is a guy who can do that. When you get to the latter part of this uh, defensive line crew here. This is where you start to get some. I mean, you you get a lot of the big names, big guns. Um, Jerry Tillery, obviously, some news out on him today, but he's a guy both you and I really like. Big guy, long, and look. I mean, he ain't gonna chase somebody fifty yards down the field, but within a ten to twelve yard radius, the guy can move, and he moves pretty well. Yeah. So there's a report that he played through this past season with a torn labrum. Um, you know. That would certainly say only good things about how well he played, but there's no indication. When am I going to see him again if he's got to have surgery? Right. Did was it something that required surgery? Did he have the surgery? Where is he at in his recovery from the surgery? Is he is he going to do what Shaq Lawson did and wait till after the combine to have the surgery? And you know he went in the first round, and you haven't heard from him since the combine. Uh, you get into that situation. Maybe one of like, the first references of Shaq Lawson in a long time. <laughs> never been heard from again. He might as well be in witness protection. Um, but that's and we like we talked about with uh, with Jeffrey Simmons. Like that becomes a major concern. It's not. We try. No, we want to win this year. We want guys right. who are going to play. Exactly. Right. So that's a report. It's out there. 
you know, obviously we'll, we'll find out more as this process goes along. But just talking about uh, Tillery in general, he's quick, he's explosive, he's powerful, and he's super long. Like when he, you know, it's really tough to get away from him. Uh, had a lot of sacks uh, and, and tackles for loss, but had a weirdly low number of solo tackles. Like he just seems to be a guy who, he seems to be a little bit of a money player. Shuts it uh, all down or he's just out there. But, but and, and it was the same, yeah, it was the exact same thing in games. He absolutely dominated Stanford and Michigan. You're wondering why you don't see that in every game from him. But, you know, the two national TV games, he absolutely destroyed people, was arguably the best player on the entire field. And certainly if you're looking at it from the Brown standpoint where you're looking at a situation where you've got Miles Garrett, you've got Larry Yogenjob, you've got Ogba and, and, and Avery, uh, that, that suddenly this is like the fourth and fifth guy that – there's going to be a lot of plays for him simply because he's, you know, he's the least threatening guy, at least right now, that he could be a big player. And and certainly a guy who can hold his ground against the run. I mean, he'd be bigger than Larry Ogunjobi, who's the nose. That is sort of a unique uh, skill set, unique body type. And those type of guys, you know, you think back to John Henderson and, and those type of guys – they stick around forever and they tend to be pretty productive. Now, certainly you want him to be athletic and all those things. Uh, but those guys can have some, some long careers and, and it's, you know, it's like, you know, offensive linemen, you talk about the, you know, the, the earth theory. There's only so many of these guys walking around on planet earth that he becomes an attractive prospect, especially if you're talking about a, a guy who could be available in the second round. Now, if, if the shoulders a major concern, that could certainly change things. But, in a world where he's healthy, he becomes a really attractive prospect for what the Browns are doing. No doubt about it. Guys, uh, you are listening to Locked On Browns here. Pete Smith, NFL Spin Zone, joining me here. We're breaking down your defensive line, uh, pass rusher, uh, combine preview here. Guys, iTunes rating reviews. Go ahead, drop a rating, drop a review, please. Uh, always helps the show, and I'm thankful for you guys for doing it for me. So thanks. Take care of that. Uh, as we close it out here, Pete, on uh, on the interior side of it, um, sleeper name here, Armand Watts out of Arkansas. Not much to show, but for a senior year, you know, so maybe this is guy we're not going to get too deep into, but a guy I've watched, I kind of like, uh, some good production this year. Um, maybe a late bloomer, a guy you can get on day three, maybe somebody there's going to be more of, but right after that, and working out right after him in every drill, Christian Wilkins, uh, Clemson, a popular, uh, a very, very popular name, mocked 17 overall to the Cleveland Browns. Might might be one of the more fascinating players this this uh, during the combine because he's a guy who has absolutely dominated games, uh, but you look at him as a body type. He's not like you know obviously super jacked or cut or any of those things. He, he you know he's just sort of you look at him. He just sort of looks like a guy, and then he plays, and you're like, oh, so. <laughs> When, when it comes to testing, you're sort of like – it's sort of a little bit of a mystery. Like certainly you think he should do reasonably well. He was you know, a, a really, really highly recruited player going to Clemson and all that. And uh, Story you know, couldn't have had a better career you know, in college. On the but field or of, academically. I mean so – I mean, Yeah, he, he had it all. No, but I mean yeah, already graduated, already you know, halfway through almost a master's degree. So this is a guy you, you – know, if you're going to bet on, usually there's guys you bet on. But go ahead. So he becomes, you know, if he has a great week, uh, you know, he tests really, really well. His production is okay, not elite or anything. But if he has a great, great week, Smart then suddenly he does become, yeah. 
yeah, then suddenly he does become a real viable option at 17. And he, and he, and he not only brings you know, what you want in the defensive tackle, hopefully, but he does bring you another guy, especially on that defensive line. It's like, you know, a Mensa group in there already. Like, Larry Ogunjobi's brilliant. Miles Garrett's obviously super intelligent. Uh, Ogba's a really bright guy, and they're all super high-character guys. They're easy to root for. You know, that that never, you know, that's never something you're going to root against. Uh, so I hope, you know, he's one of those guys, you, it's very easy to root for that he has a great week. And, and if he does, then he becomes that viable, potentially 17th pick. And then you're questioning, is he even going to make it that far? There's no doubt about that with him. Um, then right after Christian, uh, right after Christian Wilkins, now here comes the daddy of the Mac. Um, in, you know, maybe Josh Allen, maybe a name or two, but nobody did more from taking themselves from just a name to being a legitimate prospect in the 2019 NFL Draft, and then Quinn and Williams. Um, bench press, that could go on for probably about two or three days. Uh, it just seems everything about his body is perfect, that he should be able to pound out a boatload of reps. Um, and then you get to the tape. Um, we're, you know, Obviously, short area quickness is what we're going to look for here with him. It You see it on tape. Hopefully, it translates into testing. Right. The, you know, Quinn and Williams coming into this... He should be, in my opinion, the number one pick in the draft. If he just basically, if he doesn't trip over himself and get hurt, he should, you know, he should be more than athletic to prove that he's the best prospect in the draft. Should be the Arizona Cardinals' number one pick, and we should be talking. We should be at that point moving on and talking about two. That's what this week is for him, and I and I, I have no reason to believe that he won't. Very similar to Miles Garrett's week in Indy. Yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those where you're basically – and really, it may not even be testing for the Cardinals. It may be just be waiting for the doctors to be like, give them the thumbs up, and then they could basically do it, which is what which is what the Browns did. Once they basically saw him test, got the thumbs up from the doctors, it was a done deal, and that should be really what it is for the Cardinals. It, there's no – you know, look, I mean, you have your quarterback, uh, you, you know, build – you know, get that interior D-line piece – Start building from there because, I mean, there's a lot of work to be done in Arizona. That's I mean, we could spend four episodes talking about how bad they are. Um, this is one of your binkies here. Uh, Daniel Wise out of Kansas. Um, I don't know if anything's going to wow you, but the guy consistently in the backfield, consistently making plays. He th- This should be a good event for him. I mean, he's, you know, he's in that sleek... 200 two hot, 280s, two, low 290s area. You know, the... the He's one of those guys that, you know, some guy, some teams like Draymond Jones, who I'm sure we'll get to, he's in that range where you're, you know, if you're, if you're a team and, and we still don't know with Steve Wilkes, we're all guessing on this one, but if he wants an upfield penetrator, it's those guys he should want. And, 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 and Daniel Wise should be a guy who really tests well in terms of short area quickness, that explosion, broad jump, that type of stuff should post a reasonable 40 time. Like, He's had a very productive career, but I but I do think there and he and he was great at the uh, the Shrine game too. He is a guy who I think will still have a little bit of it was Kansas, you know that that type of label. Yep. So I do think a good a good week will be important for him to basically finish shedding the label. I think drills will be very important with him uh, in that respect. It's it's showing his quickness, his speed, because he could be, you know, and I don't think you draft him necessarily to be a starter. Uh, you know, he could end up going higher than that. But I think if you can get him on that late day two, early day three, and you ideally get him as to be a role player initially, 
Uh, he'd be fantastic for if you want to just keep bringing in pass rushers and guys who can shoot gaps and get up the field like him. And, you know, he, I, I think the gap between he and Draymond Jones is much smaller than people want to realize. I know Draymond Jones is super popular with Ohio State fans. I know Tony Grossi has poured over the film. He's just done hours and hours of tape to get to the, the – Belief that he he wants uh, Draymond Jones at seventeen. I don't think that's likely to happen, but both of those guys need to have good weeks to sort of really entrench themselves. Well, I mean, if we want draft knowledge, everybody knows that we're going to Tony Grossi. There's just no way around it. Um, and the last guy here that we're going to go to, um, you saw him down in Mobile. Uh, you know, they give me a little flack because I like him out of Arizona. Look, guys, we're not dismissing our, uh, Draymond Jones. We've discussed him a ton, and I'm sure he'll come up as we go on. Uh, Ronell Wren out of Arizona State. Great first step. Yes, I understand, guys. He's not going to be drafted high. But um, guys who can move like he moves, those are guys that I'll gamble on on day three, Pete. Right. So, you know, if you're a Ronell Wren fan, you're basically, go- you know, you look at his production, you're going, eh. You look at his tape, you're going, eh. And then you're, you basically come to a week like the Combine, and you're, you know, you're basically saying, whether it's the Combine or Pro Day, you have to show out. Because I can't defend you, you if you don't put up you, great numbers. This, this is it. Yep. So, you know, and I, I believe me, I understand, like, the idea that you're sitting there going day three, there's a body like that. You know, and there are people who believe, you know, like the Dallas Cowboys could take him, you know, that second round pick, uh, you know, if he has a great week. Like, he may not last that long. He's There's a lot to like about him. I You know, I'm more dubious than you are, but, yeah, it's absolutely – this is the week you have to make it happen. You had four years or however many games at Arizona uh, that it wasn't there at where you'd like it to be. This is where you get to go back and say, I know it wasn't great, but check me out. You know, I'm, I'm get only going to get better with coaching and, you know, in the NFL. And, you know, this obviously a huge opportunity for him and, you know, jump up a round or two. Look, I mean, the tape is still there, obviously, but they want to legitimize the fact that he has very good, maybe elite athleticism. Go show it. We'll go find out about that. Guys, you listen to Locked On Browns here. Pete Smith, obviously, we just broke out in the defensive line for you here as you get your D-line, DN preview for the 2019 NFL Combine. Um, whether it is Instagram, whether it is Twitter, the Locked On NFL Net, guys, make sure you follow the accounts over there. Every NFL show, football-wise, whether it's draft, whether it's team-specific, whether it's fantasy, everything is pumped through those accounts over there. So Instagram, Twitter, LockdownNFLNet, guys. Thank you for that so much. Now, Pete, we're going to kick it on over to the pass rushers. And, look, I mean, you're going to start this party, and there's just no other way to start it. Good Josh Allen. Um, You mentioned before as a, a guy who literally just absolutely – Enhanced his resume by staying at Kentucky. Gonna, you know, finish up with a degree. <sighs> the, the, the superlatives are there. Um, this should just, it, it, you know, we talk about, you know, finishing the process. Senior Bowl, obviously, he didn't need it. Um, originally committed, then didn't commit, you know, then obviously backed down on it. But Josh Allen, this is kind of where this whole party starts. And it's going to be funny that he's the first one to go. Yeah, I mean, well, yeah, that that is fun. I think that that's going to set, like, a, a great tempo for that. If he comes out, and, you know, First, first man up and runs a great 40 and all that. Um, you know, this week is where he gets to basically make the case uh, that he's the next Von Miller, the next DeMarcus Ware. Uh, everything up to this point 
he's he's nailed it. So this is another one, and I, and I don't think he'll have any problem. This is another dot the I's, cross the T's, check the medical. And if he is, to me, he will be the surefire number two prospect in this class. There's, you know, the only reason Quinton Williams is ahead of him uh, is because he plays a more premium position. All things being equal, I will always take the guy closer to the football. Uh, Two to three steps as opposed to four to five. Right. And it's just impossible to avoid, you know, stud defensive tackle. I mean, look at what Aaron Donald does. Um, But Josh Allen, I mean – it would be like this is where you know it's taken a while for people to sort of get on this. There have been certain people that sort of understood where this was going. Von Miller, for the longest time, was late first, early second. He did go to the senior bowl, crushed it, and then it was top five. He confirmed it in testing and stuff. This to me is where it hap- where it happens for Josh Allen, and we stop asking the questions. Uh, you know, and and it just becomes, do the 49ers or Jets want him? That's really the question for me at that point. Uh, and, and I think this is the Jets' wet dream. I, you know, various scenarios are being thrown out there. I cannot imagine there's anything better that they could ask for than, than Josh Allen being sitting there at their pick, run the card up, hand it in, and, and you know, you get your first pass rusher since. John Abraham. Yeah, it's been a while. Yes, it's been a long while. And the other thing is, if you're the New York Jets, the best part of all this is the young man grew up about 25 minutes from the stadium. So it is a great selling point in that respect. Um, we'll trickle on down here. Um, obviously, my guy Brian Burns out of Florida State. Um, you get a little nervous because when people say, no, he's going to weigh, he's weighing 246 right now. So Brian Burns better show up to Indy at 246 because the tape's good. Weight concerns are there from everybody, but... 246 is a nice start to trending towards that. Yeah, I mean, he's he's one of a handful of guys in this edge class where, where you know, whether they were listed that way, played that way, they were undersized, really fast guys, and you're sitting there going, well, he's got to add weight. And then now the question is, if he's added the weight, I'm assuming I do not assume the guy's going to come in the 230s. I, you know, I don't. You, you, you do not leak out 246. Unless he's really there. Well, and, let's put it this way: if he's in the two thirties, I don't think he's going to the combine. I basically say I think he would. He his, caught the flu. Would be, he caught yes. the flu. <laughs> he's you know something would happen and, and he'd wait for pro day. So now that he's added the weight, it's what does he look like with that added weight? Was it good weight? Is he still going to be able to put up the testing? And it's not really a forty. It's the three cone. It's the short shuttle. It's those mm-hmm. things that, especially with a guy like Brian Burns, certainly you want him explosive off the ball. But it's his ability to turn the corner that's that makes him attractive. And you're trying to get, you know, a Von Miller type. You're trying to avoid getting an Aaron Maben type uh, who had the same issue that was trying to add a bunch of weight. It wasn't good weight. Uh, your Jets took him anyway. Uh, well, they picked and, him up in free agency. He was a bill first. That's fine. Uh, yes. <laughs> the Bills ultimately bet on it. It didn't work. You know, there's all, you know, way back when the internet started, as far as like Twitter and stuff, social media, he was like the original meme go around, tackle, blocks him out behind the quarterback, done. Yeah. Uh, so, well, yeah, maybe I'm, somebody should interview and realize that he was more into art than he was football, but that's another story. And he is the strongest teacher in North America. Um, <laughs> and more power to him on that front. But yeah, so Brian Burns has to answer those questions and show that it's not bad weight, that he's. Sh- still 
you know, the good weight, and he's a great athlete. If he does, you know, it, he's still a wild card, I think, because of, you know, where he goes. But now he's in the conversation to go somewhere like Green Bay at 12 uh, and potentially, you know, that 12 to 25 range where he becomes a terrific pass rusher, especially for teams who want to stand him up, play him off the ball a little bit or move him around. He could be a really, really good fit. No doubt. And, you know, I agree with you there. Um, in as long as the weight translate and look, guys, Exos knows what they're doing. Uh, we had Michael Dorbe on at a temple. That's where he is. Brian Burns is out there as well. Those guys know what they're doing. Uh, Cleveland Farrell, Clemson. Um, his name varies. Uh, it could be some, there's top 10, there's top 30. Interesting. And Clemson's gonna, you're going to hear Clemson a lot. This coming weekend, Clemson, 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 almost everywhere on the defensive side of the ball, you're going to hear Clemson mentioned. And, and weirdly enough, he's like the guy who's least talked about. It. I think it's sort of understood that he's going to be a top ten pick. Um, has great speed, really good size for the position. You know, looks the part of a, sort of that franchise defensive end. You know, he's another gonna... guy that caused caused us some hesitation with Jonah Williams. But, well, I mean, if you're if you're him, you're basically going to say throw on the national title tape and see what I did to alleged first round offensive tackle Jonah Williams, and you know, that's that's it. I mean, he was absolutely dominant in that game. He can basically make the case. This is what you're getting from me, uh, and it's hard to argue with him. He again, he's not quite at the level of Josh, good Josh Allen, but. You know, you can make an you can certainly make the case that he's ultimately a top five pick, top three pick, uh, if he has a great week. He's just a f- fantastic football player. I think he's more close to a profile of Bradley Chubb uh, than the others, but that's <laughs> certainly not anything anybody's going to be upset about. I mean, obviously Bradley Chubb came in and had a great, great rookie year. Could be a Pro Bowl rusher for a long time. Has versatility. Uh, could be a guy who stands up, could be a guy who plays, you know, with his hand in the dirt, but he's just a great player. Uh, you know, only thing he really needs to do as he gets into his career is just get, uh, more power, more pop in his play, but he's got speed and and size. You can let him grow into the other things. Yeah. Um, now one name I'm going to mention here and about two years ago, he was an extremely hot name, Porter Gustin out of USC, uh, a ton of injuries. This is a guy now who's probably going to go day three. But the guy had the juice. He had the play style. So he's going to be interesting. Um, if he tests well, it's good. Um, he's going to be a guy where medicals are huge. But we're going to shift here. The two Oregon guys, obviously, uh, Justin Hollins, Jalen Jelks. I, I don't know where to go to either one of these guys. I, I think they're serviceable, but I think they're day three rotational guys. Right, and I think this is the event for Jelks. I mean, he's that sleek, athletic pass rusher. Um, you know, this is where he, he's another one where he, it has to happen here. Hollins is probably not going to be as pretty uh, in terms of testing stuff, but I think, you know, I think people are more willing to believe that he's a just a better uh, better football player, a little bit tougher than Jelks. But, yeah, I'm with you. They're sort of in that – Day three mix could be nice players for the right team. You know, I, I, I know, like, talking to Stephen Thomas, like you mentioned Jalen Jokes, and he's sort of like, yeah, I don't know. And there's a lot of people that have that reaction. But, you know, he's one of these guys who could put on a show 
in in a format like this, and 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 suddenly people are going to talk about him as some obscenely high draft pick. And look, let, let somebody else maybe make that mistake. Uh, University of, Flo- of Florida, uh, Jagai Polite. This is kind of similar to Brian Burns. Like Brian Burns had three years of production. Polite finally put it all together this year. But these are guys. You know, you're a little concerned about the weight, but uh, they get it done. And Polite. Um, when you watch him play, I don't know if athleticism just screams off. I think it does more for me for Burns, but Polite has a chance to shut everybody up and say, yeah, no, I'm a pretty quality athlete along with being able to get in the backfield. Right, and Polite, like, the the estimations are all over the place. Like, yep. you've heard people <laughs> talk about him at 242. You've had people talk about him at 260. Uh, There's it, no way that dude's 200. I'd be stunned. But the, these are just the numbers you see it throw yep. out there. Like it, it, the range on him is more dramatic than anyone in this draft class for me, in terms of what I've seen. I think he's probably going to be in the middle of those two. Um, he doesn't have the length of Burns, which I think a lot of people will really like. Burns is just taller, longer player, polite. You know, is listed six two. You hope he's really six two. Yep. You get under that, you start worrying about stuff like that. I think he's athletic. I think he's explosive. I think he's got more initial pop uh, than than a guy like Brian Burns. But you know, I feel like this is a better event for Burns. I think Polite should have a good week, but he's he's really a big mystery. The, the tape is great. You wish there was more of it than this year. But he had, you know, a outstanding season uh, and just a terror off the edge, and and certainly could give a, a team, you know, a really nice pass rusher. Whether that's an even front, odd front, like I mean, you know, I, I, at one point I had him mocked the Browns as an interesting player just because, you know, you have that speed threat opposite Miles Garrett then you can make uh, move miles inside and have him and Avery on the outside. Like those, there's just a lot of things you can do with those guys. You certainly hope with him that everything's legit. His, his, his story about how he wants to basically buy his mama house is very inspiring. You do naturally the cynicism creeps in that a guy is great for one year, uh, that it's not, you know that it's it that suddenly it when the money's there it's they're not going to work as hard. Gerard Warren's name jumps to mind on this one. Uh, you hope that you know Polite's legit and it's not not like that that he just you know it's just taken a while to get there. You love the way he plays. He looks like a junkyard dog. You know he he could have a great week, but yeah, I have no idea what you're going to see when he gets a, you measured on the scale. Like when we start seeing the the slot machine of Twitter start po- posting measurements for these guys, he's one I'm definitely looking for. Oh, and it's going to happen, guys, and there's no doubt about it. And it's always oh, just the way it rolls and uh, the oohs and ahs. And, guys, make sure you measure your hands and have that picture ready for um, the proper way to do it for Combine, anybody who's listening. Um, we close it out here, and there's some interesting names here. Uh, we, we've spoken a lot about these guys. Um, we'll start with Montez Sweat. This is going to be interesting, and I don't know if it's so much Cleveland Brown specific, and I've talked about this. He doesn't need to be the uber athlete. The production is definitely what sells you on Montez Sweat. You'd like to see great testing numbers, and look, if he does test really well, he may test his way out at any possibility of 17. Production, fantastic. It is two years down, uh, obviously, in Starkville. 
But Montez Sweat and but with the testing numbers, always comes the question of you know can he bend, ankle flexion, Pete, all that stuff. Yeah, everything everything with him criti- criticism wise is is his hips. Uh, is he a guy who's going to be able to to bend around guys? Uh, is he a guy who's going to be able to change directions effectively? Me, I watch him and I just watch him use his hands and his length and those things and his overall strength to fight off guys uh, and, and make plays. Certainly, you do not want him to, you know, find out that he, you know, he tests like a rusty shopping cart in terms of those change of <laughs> change of direction type things. You want him basically to, at the very least, be acceptable in that range and not be, you know, something where you, it's so bad that you're sitting there going, well, now I, you know. Now I'm now I'm worried about it. I don't think he's going to be a guy with super loose, oily hips, as Mike Mayock would say. Uh, but you know, he just has to avoid. He has first. He has to be good at the other things and avoid being a disaster in those things. And maybe he'll surprise. And maybe it's just something he hasn't really shown a ton of to this point. All right. Now this one and Pete, I remember SEC championship game. We're messaging back and forth. And because of a young man named DeAndre Walker at the University of Georgia, we're going back and forth. And are we sure about Jonah Williams at left tackle? Are we sure he's left tackle one? Um, DeAndre Walker, I'm not sure he's going to look very good this weekend. But he's seems you know he's probably going to measure in, in you know not exactly where you want height wise. Maybe the length isn't there, you know, but he's a, a good center of gravity guy. But he was the guy that started to make us question Jonah Williams, DeAndre Walker out of Georgia. Um, rotational D end, but this guy can play some ball. His production is outstanding. And you watch the tape, and he knows how to play the position. And, yes, he 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 destroyed Jonah Williams. I think that was one. Had Georgia won that game, I think that would have been a much, much bigger story the fact that it ended the way it did, I think, masked that a little bit. But he he crushed. Well, Jalen Hurts got in there, and it was a little bit different. I mean, you, you know, most guys can chase around Tua, right? <laughs> um, so yeah, and this is one of the question marks I've seen lobbied at, at Walker. Is he athletic? Um, you know, certainly he. It's another situation. He doesn't need to be the fastest guy out there. He's got to avoid it being a problem. And if he isn't testing great and he's you know doesn't show up at the weight and stuff you like that raises some question marks the other thing is is you know he ultimately pulled out of the senior bowl injury uh which was legit it was something to do with his groin you know if he's going full go it'll be curious to see you know how well he how well that response how how much training he's been able to do and if this basically becomes one, if he ultimately tests, does it become sort of a practice run where he comes out better at the Georgia Pro Day, which will raise its own questions? But yeah, I, you know, a lot of people like him. They do have questions about his athleticism, and this would be, you know, if he can answer some of those questions, suddenly he he could be a guy who's in the conversation of the top fifty. And he's just he's more technical type of guy. He's not going to be uber athlete where he's just going to beat you every down around the corner. Uh, we'll close here, um, Old Dominion, O'Shane Jimenez. Uh, Jimenez. I keep screwing this name up. Damn it. Is it Zimenez with the X? Yes, Zimenez. Yeah, good old Irish boy, O'Shane uh, Zimenez. 100%. Uh, he's 
this this is the the event for him. Uh, he should crush the forty. If you if you've watched my tape, he is just jacked. Just one big muscle. Raw on tape. There's a lot that he needs to improve upon. But he was dominant, and he could you know he could outspeed, outmuscle the competition. Uh, played at the same conference as, as Jalen Ferguson, uh, Conference USA. Um, speed, he should kill the 40. It's a question of, you know, does he have the hips? Does he have the short shuttle? Uh, this could be, you know, he's a guy that some people think is a fringe first-rounder already. Some of that may be, you know, banking on the fact that he should do really well at this event. Uh, but maybe, you know, he has a great, great week and suddenly, you know, you talk about him as a late first round guy, you know, one of Jalen Ferguson or O'Shane Zimenez, you know, that conference USA, the quote unquote non-power five school has a real shot to end up being in the first round. Both should be gone by the top 50. Uh, it's really just a question of sorting them out. And certainly with Ferguson not being able to test, this gives Zimenez sort of that that stage to really showcase himself as sort of the the biggest name non power five guy uh, of the of the pass rushers. So you know, huge opportunity for him, and certainly this goes to his strengths. And we'll see how it plays out. Um, and guys, uh, the way we're going to do this is um, we're going to get you obviously the offensive lineman uh, preview. Like I said, um, we'll come back Friday night. With a recap, we'll come back Saturday night. We'll come back Sunday. We'll come back Monday. Look, what else is there to talk about right now? So we'll cover the combine. Um, Ten draft picks, uh, whether or not they use them at all. Let's be honest. Uh, I don't know if I see that happening. But a lot to go before we reach that point. Um, Guys, Pete's been covering, uh, obviously, combine, all the stuff going on there. Uh, He's got an article out now. Um, uh, Three Mountain West Conference tight ends. There are a ton of tight ends in this draft. Pete's going to keep you covered. Written-wise, we'll keep you covered here on the... On the podcast wise, so go ahead, make sure you check it out. Pete's work over at NFL Spin Zone. Follow at Pete Smith, uh, the Locked On Browns Twitter account. Uh, we always keep it a follow back account. You guys know this by now. Anybody new, send them our way. Follow me personally at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. This has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound, guys. Uh, the combine. This is a fun week for us because now it's this is kind of like the finality of it. You know, this is what we need. This guy, he looks on tape. This is what he runs. Or he's really strong, or he's got short area quickness. Nobody's going to be able to hide from it anymore. We're going to know all this by late Monday afternoon. Some guys are already looking to hide. Um, <laughs> phantom, phantom injuries and things of that nature. And I'm not going to say any names, but potential top five overall pick running backs may not be able to run and things of that nature. And it, it does it causes some trepidation. Um, but for most of these guys, it's not really positions that the Browns and you guys should be too concerned with. So we'll see how it all plays out. And um, one guy we won't get to see work out because he threw a punch about four years ago at a McDonald's. <sighs> Whatever. I mean, it is what it is. Like, you guys know where we stand on some of this character stuff, but uh, two men over the age of 18 years old get into an argument, and punches are thrown outside of a McDonald's, which I'm going to assume was probably later at night. That's not what we're going for here. That, But another story, another day, guys. Um, guys, hope you enjoyed it here. We're going to keep you covered through this weekend. Um, always appreciate the short support. We will talk soon.